All right, and welcome everybody to the fourth episode of the Chilled Esports Podcast. I'm your host here, Eugene Caffin. Alongside me, I have my good and excellent friend, as always, Joey Ray. Joey, how are you doing today? I'm feeling pretty good, Eugene. Yeah, that's good, man. That's good. You um, had a busy week this week? I had a really busy week this week. It was like so intense. Yeah. Um, there's been some pretty intense things going on on our website, which is turning into an actual fan site. Hey, <laughs> you've been busy on the web, the web development there, Mr. Web Monkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So jhredo.com now features gems. It's a it's this cool gem system we're going. We're basically going to populate the entire feed with all these pretty gems. Yeah, nice. And it's going to have different kinds of content. So we're going to have um, eventually we're going to have fan art, blogs, uh, music to listen to, and this podcast, obviously. And it's going to go off. And I'm just I'm doing the database, doing yep. the deep database. Excellent, excellent. We all thank you for your web development. <laughs> I'm sure that all of our listeners will find something uh, interesting on the website. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. And also, I'm I'm putting links into original creators if it's somebody else's thing. So, um, if you see some fan art you like, make sure to visit their website and support the creators. All right, Joey. That's me. We've had a very, very patient, silent person on the other end here. Oh, really? Who's that? This is our good friend Christian. Holy shit! It's Christian. Christian, here. how you doing, man? good how are you man i'm doing great i'm doing really good um so christian is well you guys are in for a treat because christian here is another another fellow blizzard enthusiast who's here to join us yes. um and unlike uh unlike myself and joey uh christian knows a lot more about the overwatch league than we do isn't that right christian well, I, I like to think I do. You like to think um, you do. Yeah, just been watching a lot of games recently, so <laughs> we'll soon see. I mean, I think that's I think that's better than what we have. We watched maybe like one series over the past week or so. So it'd be good to have uh, good to have Christian on the show, and hopefully he can be joining us for the rest of the rest of the podcasting life. Yeah, definitely hope so. Yeah, cool, cool. On a historical note, um, while Eugene and I are BC babies, Christian is a vanilla old bag. Oh my god. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Yeah, I was there, vanilla. Yep, yep. So guys, this is this is how you know someone is dedicated. They've been playing since vanilla. Yeah. Uh AQ forty, wasn't since it? Since two thousand and four. Yep. He was there for the opening of the gates of Anchorage and um and we are Yes, yeah. as a as a as a noob hunter. As a noob hunter. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Level twenty one dwarf hunter. I remember it well. Oh, nice, awesome. nice. I I see you maybe contributed one bandage to the cause. That was about it, sadly. <laughs> okay, I love them bandages. Yep, yep. Well, they needed some supplies, man. So yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. All right. Um. So might get started with our week in Blizzard, and uh, I'm I'm gonna go first. Um. How you go first? Yeah, because I'm the host. Um. So, <laughs> so selfish. So, so this week I've been um, going into the Hearthstone a lot more. I um, I really wanted to play some Hearthstone, and I've been playing a lot of ladder. and And actually, after the reset, I wasn't really hit too hard because I, okay. So, so listeners, I am rank twenty four, but normally, normally around rank twenty or so is where I kind of stop. Um, after you know, I play I play enough games to get there, but. Since the Witchwood has come out, it's just been a, like all sorts of fun, and in particular, I'm still on the Taunter of Hype Train. I just I can't tell you guys enough. That it's just the best deck. So tell me more about the Taunter. Like, like, what's the? Is it like a? 
a key card in the taunt druid that sort of makes the combo go off or oh yeah man um the the key thing to taunt druid is obviously the hadronox yeah but what i failed to mention last time and you know if we if um if people want to send us any emails to like correct me that would be great is that we can actually get our board back about six times or so or even more six yeah well because there's this magical card joey called carnivorous cube oh yeah fuck that guy yeah <laughs> I hate that guy so, so carnivorous cube comes in <laughs> and um it just uh it just wrecks everyone's face with hadronox oh no um, that's that's so broken so my one particular thing that sounds stupidly broken it is it is stupidly broken so hadronox brings back all of your taunt minions yeah um but if you cube it you can uh get two hadronoxes back when it dies and then get your board back three times yeah. um then you have two things called witching hour which bring back a beast so you can do that another two times plus another carnivorous cube so you have quite a few times in, uh where you can bring just your entire board back now hadro when he dies he brings back all beasts or all no all taunt minions all mm. yeah so the combo christian if you haven't heard about it is um is one that was made popular by disguise toast have you heard about him before okay yep yeah 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 so basically there's a abomination card which deals two damage to everybody when it dies um but there is also a card called spirit singer umbra um where you can trigger all of your death rattles uh when they get summoned <laughs> so the whole oh, wow. the whole plan is is that you have hadronox die you have spirit singer umbra on the board and then you make him invulnerable and then you just summon all of your abominations and then they deal a billion damage over and over and over again mm. that sounds disgusting is arthas <laughs> still standard hmm? is arthas still standard arthas is still standard yes mm. awesome so you can get arthas back but he's not really and it, that is a really powerful thing to do um but uh isn't really something you know isn't part of the combo that i like to run it was just really fun you basically just see like you know green slime just like erupting over the screen <laughs> at like yep. 50 times <laughs> And it's it's just really fun. I recommend that everyone have a go at it. I love how how many stupid OTKs that we have now in Witchwood, um, and it's honestly just the best thing. Um, so how's the odd even mechanic treating you? Oh, the odd even mechanic, um, pretty good. I actually have been swapped over to the even side, <laughs> the dark side. Yeah, the dark <laughs> side. Um, I ran into an even paladin. Right, because up until oh, now, I thought, I thought Odd Paladin, yeah, surprise, surprise. I thought Odd Paladin was always the way to go because, you know, everyone likes more dudes. Yeah, but um, reporting for duty. Yes. However, chaining it to one mana is just always a good thing. And it and it gives you access to the other half of cards that make Paladin good, especially the broken one right now called Call the Arms. Um, That's five reporting for duties? No, Call the Arms recruits three minions that cost two mana or less. Oh, yeah. So, and then you have a bunch of really good value, two or one cost minions in your deck. Yeah. It's even, so it has to be two. Yeah. Um, on top of some other things, um, like the Light Feud Stegadon to adapt all of them, all of your Silverhand recruits, and I've just been... It's just been a really... It was a wild ride, and I thought I... I like, you know, it's like, ah, oh, Paladin, I got this, but... You know, it actually rocked really hard, and I was, I was changed over to the even side. So what we're actually talking about here is a whole bunch of mutant, um, silverhand recruits. Yes. Marching down the lane to like destroy your enemies, like third arms and 
<laughs> well, they've been adapted, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Like they've, they've been adapted into death machines. Mm. That's great. Um, something else is uh, something that we all had a go at a couple of nights ago is that mm-hmm. um, us three had a, had some really good games for Heroes of the Storm. Yes, we did. Um, in particular... Yeah, some great games. Yeah, in particular, um, we had just this great game where we were playing the, uh, you know, the Anime Brothers, um, Christian and I. Double Shimadas. Yeah, the Shimadas. And um, I don't know you, Joey, but... Christian, Christian was rocking the Dragon Blade, man. Um, yeah, well, why don't you tell us more about it, Christian? Yeah. Well, I've, I've always really enjoyed playing Genji in um, Heroes of the Storm, but uh, I, I was, in particular, I've been thinking about um, when to use Dragon Blade mm-hmm. yeah. um, during a match and just trying to wait for the perfect opportunity. Um, so looking for those openings when uh, you've got low health and um, their defenses are down just to sort of snowball with it. Um yeah, so that was pretty much it. Just worked really well with the Hanzo and, and the Diablo combo. Yeah, especially like when we got the double stun off. Like I think that was just the primary moment for for Dragon Blade. Yeah. And um it's just the best to like, you know, to like hear, you know, stun go off and then the you know, and yeah, and then everybody <laughs> dies. I think was I think it was really great. It's like it's a fantastic feeling. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's so great because the arrow of death is like approaching the enemy and it just blows up and then like around their feet is all this fire when apocalypse is charging up apocalypse goes off and then you hear and some fucking anime bastard with his six foot sword comes in just cleans everybody up it's like oh man Mm. these guys got wrecked yeah so wrecked it definitely it definitely was just the excellence of execution it was it was it was just it was just great. Um, one question I do have for you, Christian, um, is how did you feel about the Genji changes with the um, where you don't get a reset during Dragon Blade on your Swift Strike? Did you really feel that nerf? Um, yeah, well, I hadn't actually um, realized that the the nerf had happened, yeah. so I was there <laughs> trying to Swift Strike out, um, and yeah, it wasn't happening. Uh, so I found that out the hard yeah, way. Found out the hard um, way, but. It, it, <laughs> It, it sort of makes sense um, because it's so powerful and um, uh, h- half of playing Genji is the, just being able to, to swift strike at will um, after you get a kill mm, yeah, sure. using Dragon Blade. I think it's just a little bit too powerful. Mm. Um, so, so the nerf makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and the last thing about my week in Blizzard is that I recently updated Overwatch and um, I think we might have a chat later about some of the changes that happened, but... In particular, I was lied to. You lied to? Yes. Who told you lies? One Mr. Joey Ray. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) What did I lie I was assured, Yes. for those of you who are listening at home, that I would not have to do 10 more placement games at the beginning of the next season. Uh, Yep. I did did assure you that. Yep, you did assure me that. He turned this place into a house of lies. I did, and I also have to do my placements, and I'm really excited about getting to do my placements again. I am, I am absolutely, and I have to do my placements as well. So <laughs> yeah, it's very true. We're all in this together. Yeah, we are all in this together. Um, but I'm slightly, you know, I just have a little bit of like, you know, salt on the top of my keyboard. Um, I would call that a mountain of salt. Actually, I'm looking at it right now. And, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think you can actually use that computer anymore because it's covered in sodium. <laughs> Uh-huh. Well, uh, the important thing is 
We all learned something today. We all learned something today. <laughs> Don't trust Joey when he says. Don't shit. trust Joey. <laughs> Speaking of which, how's your week been in Blizzard, Joey? Well, my week in Blizzard has mostly been about uh, looking up the various APIs and things that are available for making a fan site because that's what I've been doing. Oh yeah, you've been the code monkey. I've so, the how the APIs been treating you? You know, there's a there's some really good ones out there for Hearthstone. I didn't actually know what this site. Um, you actually showed it to me, Gene, but hsreplay.net it looks amazing you can see like all of the all of the decks you could ever possibly want to see uh, of course H- hsreplay has nothing on jhrate.com I'm, I'm just gonna say that right now <laughs> yeah absolutely. just as a just as a point of, <laughs> a point of pride but no it's it really demonstrates um the kind of data analytics you can you can pull out of hearthstone and i, I found one for here's the storm as well where you can get um a particular player's last x replays um, so I, I might be able to hook this into jtrader.com, oh, let's say, sometime down the track after I've had a few more um, Cokes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Through three in the morning, okay. creating APIs. Yeah, sure, man, for um, sure. As far as our games went, I had uh, what I felt was a really good TLV game this week in um, Heroes, obviously. Obviously Heroes. <laughs> obviously. Obviously Heroes. Um, obviously TLV on Volskaya man I've, I've got the strategy down pat you just you just soak to 16 you're at 16 enemy team's probably at 14 group up the Vikings and suddenly these three little shits that have just been getting stomped on all game every game become this powerful unit a, a unit of elite class Vikings ready to like <laughs> fuck you ready, up ready to play again yeah, they're ready to play again. <laughs> they're ready for round two. <laughs> also, Olaf, Olaf sitting in the corner of um, Volskaya's point point system, whatever you call it, the c- control point. Yeah, control point. Olaf sitting in the corner of the control point. He's just suddenly he's just de-shielded. He's just invincible because you know the, the whole team's protecting him. But you know he's just sitting there. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're in the other two lanes getting XP. Yeah, nothing's happening. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Suckers. Yeah, it is such a powerful strategy. If you have uh, if you have a coordinated team, so obviously it was um, it was with uh, me and Christian, and you know we just we just um, stormed that middle, right? Was it middle? Um, I think we ended up storming bot. Storming bot lane, yeah. Ended up just like crashing the bot lane, ruining everybody's day, and um, and Joey just was able to soak everything on the Vikings. So it was the key is fucking. It was a beautiful thing to witness. It was it was a beautiful, beautiful, cheesy strat that we witnessed. Oh, it was so cheesy. <laughs> oh, so Christian, what about you, man? What's going on? Um, Blizzard wise. Well, I started playing in the um World of Warcraft Battle for Azeroth beta this week. Oh yeah, that's um it. that's been really interesting. Yeah. So I started doing the um the intro scenario, which was quite good. Obviously there's a lot of a lot of bits missing, mm. like um, sound effects and um, cinematics. Yeah. Yeah, um, notably. I also cinematics. started doing yeah, which is a bit disappointing, but you know it makes sense at this um, this stage of the development. We'll see it in August. Um, and then, yeah, but then I also started playing in Kultura, um, so Alliance side, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and went to Drustvar, and I've really been enjoying the um, the storyline and the the ambience of that that area so far. Um, so yeah, quite impressed. It'd be um, interesting to see how it pans out. Uh, yeah, man, we're what, definitely um, going to be playing a little bit more of that in the coming weeks. What class were you playing, Christian? Um, the standard rogue. Course. Oh, the standard. Oh, of course, of course. Have they had any changes that you've liked at all, or um, or we were really just like paying attention to the quests and stuff, and not too much about the 
talents and abilities? Um, so far, I've just been looking mostly at the quests, um, and I haven't really noticed much um, in the way of class changes. I, I know that there are some some minor things, but it does feel a lot like um, a Legion Rogue. Mm, mm. Um, so much that you know the, the abilities are, are mostly the same, and, and the, the playstyle is mostly the same. Yeah. Okay. Um, a big change though is a change to the interface, which um, I, I think I like at the moment. It, it definitely looks a lot cleaner. I did see um, and that. And it frees up a lot more space yeah, it, on the screen, it which really is nice. does. I, I, I did see that as well. It, it does it does clean, clean everything up a lot. And I think that's something that people were really looking for because if you watch any uh, any high-tier readers or any people that, uh, that stream World of Warcraft, they often have very custom interfaces. And it's... Yeah, uh, definitely. It's because, you know... You need to see information in a particular area, and it's much easier for you to do that if um, if you set up your interface in a particular way. So, um, you know, Blizzard sort of seeing this, or the like, the WoW dev team seeing this, you know, and they can uh, obviously cater to this because that's what the vast majority of their population is actually doing. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, it's, I think it's a good sign that Blizzard's sort of taking notice of these things and, um, I, I guess, updating the interface but also adding a lot more um, user customizability mm. to it um, not, without having to use um, third-party add-ons. Yeah, sure. It's definitely where I think they want to be um, because, obviously, the people that are, that are developing these add-ons are, like, using, um, you know, using the same coding language and, and whatnot as, as Blizzard employees are doing, so... It's it's obviously just a case of them, you know, putting it into the game. Yeah, pretty much. All right, man. Is that the only thing that's been going on? Um, well, I think the the bigger thing that's been going on is um, Overwatch patch one point two three point zero point one has dropped, um, and that's really shaken up play. Yeah, I heard about that. I heard about that. There are some yeah. changes. Especially one, Very that, much so. one that you're extremely happy about, actually. Yes, uh, we'll get to that a little bit later, but I guess the biggest change mm. has been the, um, the inclusion of Brigitte, um, Brigitte uh, in the meta. Uh, she's really shaken things up. So in particular, I've noticed the rise of the, the triple support comp. So it seems that Dive, so your, your Winston, Diva, uh -huh. um, and then your Flankers and, and Zenyatta Mercy have sort of died off and moving into this um sort of shield tank comp and with triple supports so you're looking at something like a reinhardt zarya brigitte mercy zenyata hanzo comp really uh, even after the changes yeah even after the changes um wow. so hanzo is now quite powerful he's basically filling the position of mccree now um and the reason for that is uh he, he has the comparable damage to mccree um, with his uh, the, the removal of the scatter arrow, um, mm. but he also has greater mobility and you know he can wall climb, so better positioning. Um, and his ultimate now just zones far better than um, Breeze does, yeah, so yeah. He, he's taking that spot. Yeah, cool. um, and yeah, the, the inclusion of Brigitte means that flankers are pretty much shut down, and uh -huh. he um, the stuns and whatnot just locks people down for such a long period of time that he's, he's slower anti dive anti-flanker comps seem to be really yeah right right it's good to see they in saying that too yeah. there's um there's some crazy troll strats uh, going around as well 
So uh, the, the biggest one I've seen is the armor shield stacking strat. So you're looking at Brigitte, Symmetra, Torbjorn, and then a shield tank and, and a few others. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. <laughs> so basically, the, the, what happens is you have your Torbjorn armor packs. So you get the, um, the continuous armor bonus from, yeah. from that. Then you gather everyone around using Brigitte's Rally ultimate ability. Mm-hmm. That provides um, another 150 stackable armor, everyone. And then you use Symmetra's shield generator. So the shield stacks on top of the armor. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get ridiculous 900 or 1,000 point uh, health pool um, Reinhardts mm-hmm. that have a rechargeable shield and a ridiculous amount of armor. And it's just very, very oppressive on defense. Put, very hard to get Put a racer ulti on it as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that would be put dis- a ulti on it. That's just disgusting. Invincible Reinhardt. I can't believe it. I've, I've played a few games oh, with man. it. Yeah, I've played a few games with it. And it's 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 pretty oppressive. Yeah, um, that's great. Uh, Blizzard devs have already said that they're going to nerf um, Bridget's uh, armor when it comes to um, her, her ultimate. So we'll be going down to 100 armor, no, down from 150. But I, I think it'll still be quite strong. Yeah, I think so too. I think it'll still be strong, just not quite as strong. I think they want it to be... Uh, I think they want it to be tough to get through. Like, you definitely should be rewarded for synergy, like, in, in this type of game, in my opinion. But um, it when it gets to being oppressive, I think that's when it's it just goes over the top. Like, when, you know, you feasibly just can't break through it, like, even if you're playing perfectly, um, yeah, then it becomes a problem. Mm. Or when Symmetra and Torbjorn are actually a viable pick. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with Torbjorn? He's, he's got his turrets. He's, he's ready to go. Yeah, he has his turrets. That's true, and he and he is strong on some on some maps on the first point. But Christian, the, apart from the that, key with Torbjorn, and uh, this is this is coming from a pro diamond player. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> it's not me, of course. Of course, always remember you have a right click because <laughs> every player of the game you, you see Torbjorn running around, he never right clicks. So always remember you have a right click and, and it's a sh- uh, shotgun mode, like uh, to fuck people up. Every player of the game I see of a Torbjorn is him sitting around a corner and you know, not moving, <laughs> yeah. and the turret getting a, you know, five or six skills. <laughs> yep, that's Granted, much. We're not playing at the highest level of play here. Uh, yeah, actually, we are, Christian. Uh, we're all masters. In our minds, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Forget like the you know the silver mention. We no one, <laughs> no no one here is below seventeen hundred. That's for sure. Um, yes. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, did you want to tell you about some of the other changes? Like we we mentioned that Hanzo is back in the meta. Can you tell us why? Well, um, so big changes there. So as I said before, scatter arrow, thank God, is gone. Yep. Um, that ability was just cancerous. Um, so they've replaced it with um, storm arrows. So it basically gives him a rapid fire um, of six arrows. Um, that have a bit of reduced damage, but um, are always fired at full power. So as if you've fired it with a full um, drawback of the bow. Mm. Um, so this basically changes the way he plays from you know a more thirsty, um, instant instant kill sort of playstyle to um, I guess something that's a little bit more like McCree um, when he's got the the storm arrows active. Mm. Um, they've also given him lunge, which gives him a, sort of like a double jump um, sort of lunge. Uh, so does, horizontally does he lunge um, to cover yeah, a bit yeah. more distance. He lunges forward, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Pretty much. So just 
acts a little bit like Genji, except you don't get that vertical uh, movement. It's just horizontal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right, right. Because I was a bit confused as to why they specifically mentioned horizontal. And I think it was because they didn't want him to be like, you know, to be like Genji with a bow. No, which makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. They've also changed his um, sonic arrow a bit. So re reducing the cooldown from 20 to 12 seconds, which allows you to use it more often. Um, and so this sort of ties in now with him acting a little bit like a McCree and that he can use that if he's effective and he has good game sense to um, locate flankers and then pull that out to his team and then deal with them a little bit more effectively. Mm, yeah, sure. um, in, in saying that, they've also reduced the duration and the radius. Um, so they're going to have to be a little bit more on point when it comes to that sonic arrow. Yeah, kind of just fire it blindly in an area and then, you know, hope to hit everybody. No. So how do you feel that... Cause... The, um... Yeah, sorry, go on. I think the last change is pretty good too. The um, projectile speed up from 85 to 100. So mm -hmm. it just, it makes his bow feel a little bit more responsive um, and easier to get those headshots. He's been doing more uh, bicep curls in the gym. He's, yeah. He's able to, <laughs> yeah, to shoot those arrows faster. <laughs> um, but how do you feel the Sonic Arrow buff interacts with a Widowmaker ulti? Because I feel every time you buff Hanzo's Sonic Arrow, you're sort of nerfing Widowmaker's ulti. Well, uh, sort of look at the context of the two abilities. So Sonic Arrow is meant to be used, um, well, now it's, it's meant to be used frequently throughout the uh, throughout the match uh, and locationally, while Widowmakers is something that, you know, it takes a little while to charge up, but mm -hmm. it's universal. Um, so I think there's still the two niches for both ability. I don't think it, it directly nerfs Widowmaker or indirectly nerfs one. Um, I think there's still use for that, and especially since you know it covers the whole map. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's still, I think it's still, both are very, very much viable. Would you like to see a different Widowmaker ulti, or are you happy to have both snipers having like a sort of a, a vision ability? Um, I think ha having both snipers have a vision-based ability is important mm. uh, because it just ties in so well with their playstyle. Yeah. And I think the Sonic Arrow is quite thematic for for Hanzo as well. Oh, no, 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 um, I agree. And as I said before, yeah, yeah. Um, and as I said before, I think just being able to make use of the the Sonic Arrow uh, more frequently during a match is is you know a great boon. Yeah. Especially if it's used effectively. Mm, for sure. Well, all I know is that I never feel good when I'm playing Widowmaker and I hit my ulti and I just see where everybody is. I. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I can see all these people. I can't shoot. Yeah. <laughs> It just seems like that, but then again, you know, I'm obviously not the intended audience, so yeah, I, I feel that's where I fall a bit short. I actually really like having Widowmaker on my team, because I, I know, like, every now and then I'm just going to be able to see everybody, and I'm like, alright, mm. and, and it's like, uh, what did you say again? No one can hide from my sight. Yep, that's the one. I want a baguette. <laughs> and as soon as the baguette comes out, I'm like, oh yeah, alright all right, boys, let's make a play, <laughs> we know where they are. <laughs> And then you find that they've all flanked you and, you know, just about to take the point on Boskaya. And, that never happens. You know, it's nothing you can no, do no, about no, it because you're too far away. Never happens. Especially not to... Never happens. Especially not to uh, romantic French music as I as I slowly glide towards the point on Boskaya. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that was a beautiful story. I guess one of the changes I'm a bit bit sad about is the, um, the nerf to Tracer. Yeah. So the um, the pulse bomb damage. So in, in some of my games earlier today, uh, I did my usual you know 
dive through enemy lines mm-hmm. to stick a pulse bomb onto a Orisa or, or whatever and expected it to you know take them out. Um, didn't happen today due to that nerf yeah, damage. It was a bit sad. But... It doesn't. It, it, yep, the damage uh, has been Got to empty a clip into them first. Oh, no. <laughs> um, shall we move on to the esports? I think so. I think it's time to uh, move on to some Hearthstone esports. Um, so last week we alluded to it, um, is that um, yesterday for us over here in Australia, um, had the HCT Europe Summer Playoffs happening. And now this happens after Taipei, right? Uh, yes, yes, yes. This happened after Taipei. So this is the Europe play, uh, Europe Playoffs. Um, and there were some really, really good games happening on day one in the Swiss. Um, and I just want to cover some of the different decks that I was seeing because we were sort of um, posturing what would what would be happening uh, last last episode mm-hmm. um, with the decks and what people were going to be bringing, what people were going to be banning. And I was actually quite surprised as to the list that some people, well, not the list, but some of the decks that people were running. So there was no Taunt Druid in sight whatsoever. No Taunt Druid? No, no Taunt Druid. Um, they're all spiteful. They're all spiteful Druid. So what does the Spiteful Druid bring? Um, so the Spiteful Druid is a minion-based deck that has one copy of um, a ten mana spell called Ultimate Infestation. Yeah. So um, it, and it's and it's I think it's their only spell. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a minion called Spiteful Summoner. Okay, you know where the Spiteful comes from. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, where it summons a minion based on a random spell that it draws from your deck. There's only but, one spell in your deck. Yep, but there's only one spell. Um, so it'll always summon a ten mana minion. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's the whole spiteful druid thing, and that was just really popular. Um, so that's sort of like a secret mana ramp, isn't it? Yeah, um, Hearthstone right now is all about cheating out value um, onto the board. It's always about getting you know getting stats out on the board earlier than you should. Mm-hmm. Um, and spiteful summon is just you know one of the more popular ways to do it at the moment. Um, the other popular way is uh, from you know this class that you may you know may know is uh, uh, warlock. <laughs> you almost called it. You almost called the I almost, cube. I almost, <laughs> my favorite class. Yeah, I almost just called it cube lock because that's basically all that you see, and um, this HCG was no exception. Everyone's bored of it, but it's probably the most powerful deck in the you know in this in the set right now. No, it's effective. It is very effective. Um, I'm, I'm not gonna lie; like I saw it, it's effective. Um, the thing as well is that there were some control locks instead of cube, um, instead, but they would would still be running. They would still be running the particular combo. I'm still waiting for Zoo Warlock to make a return. Yeah, I mean, I much prefer Zoo because it's a fair deck, um, but. <laughs> But yeah, the cube I think is definitely the um, the most effective at the moment because you know there's nothing uh, there's nothing more annoying than playing a eight eight on like turn four, so you know I think that could be pretty powerful. I don't know. I think um, yeah, I, just a little bit. I think Stanley Kubrick needs to do a film like how I learned to stop how I learned to stop worrying and love the cube because goddamn that cube's just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the big thing that surprised me the most as well, guys, is that I thought that Odd and Even Paladin would be everywhere, right? It's it's the most popular the most popular decks uh, that's running around on ladder at the moment. 
um, and they were just really underrepresented. Like there was pretty much no no odd no odd paladins running around. And I, from from my viewing, from what I saw, there was only one person that ended up bringing an even paladin, which I thought was just completely ridiculous, man. Um, as well, another shock horror was that Questroy was also running everywhere, and I think that that was the one that everyone ended up banning the most. So, what's the quest? The quest rogue uh, is to play five of the same minion mm -hmm. in one in uh, in a game, and if you do, all of your minions become become five five. Doesn't sound so bad. Uh, when they all cost one mana, it is. Hmm. Yeah, that's value. Yep. Oh man, it's uh, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy value. So, but I feel like you just control it out, right? Like you just, um, you just, you you put all this taunt crap in, like like in front of it, and I'm like, what are the, what are your five fives gonna do? So, Joey, um, most taunt minions, right? And eight eight mana, for example, um, will get you nine nine worth of stats. Yep. Right. A rogue has mm -hmm. to spend two mana to get 10 10 worth of stats do you see the problem here oh so all future cards also become five fives yeah mm, that's, that's okay. yeah okay <laughs> so it's it's pretty it's pretty gross um and you basically have to kill them before they get the quest done because once they get it completed then there's really no hope for you in the end so, so, so it's weak to aggro yeah it is very weak to aggro um and it's just really strong against against the control type thing that we that we're seeing, and it was very control heavy. Um, one interesting, a uh, couple of interesting decks that I saw that I just did not expect to see was the odd control warrior. So that was one that I experimented with, where instead, um, you know, you run an odd odd warrior where you get the tank up hero power. So instead of getting two armor, you're getting four, and so you pretty much just try to go to fatigue and try to outlast all your opponents when you're getting four four health a turn essentially um it's pretty gross yeah that's pretty gross and i mean you've also got those uh armoring cards right so you can you can stack armor top of armor yep absolutely and have it's my 30 40 health warrior it's not uncommon to have 40 armor at the um you know by the time things the time start time getting interesting happens. um so it is yeah it is one of those other decks <laughs> And one that I thought was somewhat interesting as well is Spell Hunter. Spell Hunter. So, so what's he doing? So Spell Hunter just doesn't have any minions in the deck. Zero minions. How does he protect his face? How does that work? Um, they have spells that summon cards for them. In particular, um, to my side and um, and the Spellstone. Mm -hmm. um, the spellstone when it gets upgraded, you know, summons like a bunch of three three wolves. So the first time it's three and then four and then five. So you do get a bunch of minions on the board and they do have a lot of weapons they can play. Um, which can interact with, with the board and do and, and damage. So that is um that was just a really interesting deck. I it was the weak link in this person's list, you know, because like they got banned out on their quest road or cube block or something like that. Um, but it was very interesting to see how they played around it, and they and they very nearly did come up with it with the victory with it. But it was it was really tough going. Um, but yeah, uh, one thing that I did see was that um, 
one of the streamers that I that I watch, um, a guy called Tice, was actually doing pretty well um, until he ran into one guy that just ended up almost steamrolling him. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Tice is like Tice is one of my uh, favorite Hearthstone players and really really good streamer. I'd recommend it to anybody who wants to um, who wants to see a, a good pro play Hearthstone. And he's also like quite entertaining. He He's just uh, really, really, really good to watch, and uh, and I hope they did well. But he, I think he ended up two one after the Swiss round on day one, so still, still in contention um, for for the um, for the top eight or top sixteen when we get to day two. Um, but I haven't, I haven't seen anything more, so I can't, I can't tell, obviously. Yeah, so top eight still sounds like it's within range for him. So mm. you, you, you might see him in the top eight. Yeah, might, might do. I do. Um, yeah, so that just about wraps it up for um, for HCT. What I will mention is that next week is the Americas uh, playoffs. America! <laughs> yes. So we will get another chance to have a look at some um, Hearthstone esports and check out what they're running over in America in the Americas region. I, I, I bet it's Cubeblock. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I would not take that bet. <laughs> no, because you like money. <laughs> yeah, I do like money. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, so uh, we will move over to our favorite game, gentlemen. Heroes esports. Heroes of the storm. So heroes of the storm. Um, so, so I'll go first because uh, I wasn't able to watch the EU Crucible because I couldn't find the vods online. Apparently, they're on Twitch. And I didn't realize. Yes, Joey, they are on Twitch. Um, I'm a, I'm an old granddad when it comes to the internet, so I still use YouTube for everything. <laughs> yeah, YouTube's just so slow. You know, you got to do yeah, you got to do what what everybody's doing, man. Oh uh, yeah, so if, um, yeah, get with the times, Joey. For those listening on iTunes, we hate Google because they won't host our podcast because we live in Australia. Yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, you will find no Google Analytics on jhtrader.com. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And, and nobody used their DNS servers either. I don't know if I'm using a, a Google DNS server, actually. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, beyond Google, the failing company. EU. <laughs> EU playoffs. So, Zealots had Zealots had the dream run. Oh, they did? They had the dream run. Like, I, I think last week I was talking about Zealots vs. Tricked. Mm-hmm. And Zealots... I'm going to say... Tricked was having a bad day. <laughs> I'll put it that way. But then I was expecting Zealots to like, okay, cool, they, they beat Tricked, but like, there's no way they're gonna they're gonna bump off Liquid, right? Like, Liquid's been looking strong all season. Three mm. zero Liquid. Really? Three zero on Liquid. Oh my goodness! So they had a three zero on Team mm-hmm. Liquid. Mm-hmm. So three zero Tricked, three zero Liquid, coming up against Method. I'm like. Oh my god, they're gonna beast the ladder! Yeah. <laughs> all you have to do is win three fucking se- series. Yeah, I mean that's all you have to do, man. <laughs> that's all you have to do. Yeah, three best of fives. Nothing hard, am I right? Yeah, that, yeah nothing hard. Uh, and then they and then they met Method. So <laughs> the interesting things that happened in this series against Method was it was a really interesting tête-à-tête between Method, who had the stronger team fight. In my opinion, and Zealots, who had like, I don't want to make out like Zealots team fight is particularly bad. What I'm gonna say is, 
Out of every ten team fights, I expect Method to win six of them. Ah, okay. Six so like a sixty forty. Yeah, like going into a team fight, everything else accounted for five on five. Mm. It's going to be sixty forty. It'll go in Method's favor, and then they'll get something out of it. Yeah, right, right. But if that's the team fight mechanics, then I'm going to call the map control nine ten to zealot nine one to zealot. Really, for map control? Mm-hmm. Damn, dude. Zell's beasted map control every every freaking game I watch. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. So, we're talking like Volskaya. Zealots get, uh, I think it's two out of three or three out of four protectors. Who do you think wins? Method. Yeah, obviously, because I, I got the last one. I was the only one that counted. <laughs> Method won a single fucking team fight. Yep. Right, right. So they, uh, so I think clearly it shows that they both have like different strengths when it comes to it, right? Yeah, I think it's it might it might just come down to what they practiced. So I think Method went really hard into the team fighting stuff because they realized. Oh, actually, and and something I will notice is that Method's method of yeah. Method's <laughs> method of Method's method <laughs> Method's method of picking and banning. Um, all revolved around anti-tank. And the reason they did this was because they realized from watching VODs, because they obviously watch it much more religiously than me, um, the core of Zealots is the Mopsio Harmony, uh, the Mopsio Zamani double tank. Mm, right, right. Um, and for yeah, the reason I can now say their names is because I've literally got got it on my screen now. Like I, I'm not just magically suddenly remembering uh-huh. what the hell these people's names are. But um, basically, Mopsio and Zamani, the reason Method have been sorry, Zelts have been three zeroing Liquid and Tricked, is just because they can't get through these two sort of bulwarks of hit points. Mm. <laughs> you just can't destroy. In particular, all the bands were. All the bands, they were, they were banning out Mopsio every time. They just wanted to ban Mopsio. Make sure Mopsio doesn't fucking get Diablo. All right. So the new powerhouse in the tanks is, you know, yeah, you just can't give it to him. No, because Apoc is too strong. Apoc is way too strong, especially with um, Stukov. And um, basically the Hanzo, the Hanzo Diablo dream is really strong. Yeah. There's no two ways around it. I mean, we know that, and we're, you know, we're obviously, you know, diamond players. Yeah, we're only diamonds. (laughs) (laughs) Only diamonds. Only diamonds. So in the hands of uh, (laughs) professionals, uh, I can imagine that it gets pretty disgusting. Yeah. Uh, So games to watch. Game one and game five are definitely two good games to watch. Game one, because Method had a, I don't know what to call it, sort of pulling a pick out of your ass. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just from left field, left field. That's yeah, a, a, yeah right. a baseball metaphor. Uh, baseball metaphor. They had a pick from left field. They played Valor last pick. Oh, really? Little Valor. She's uh, back. With well, for that one game. For that one game, she's back. <laughs> you know why? Why? Counter Garrosh. Oh, did she go auto attack build? Because mm-hmm. ah. the Manticore basically um, ignores Garrosh's bonus armor. Uh-huh. And when Valor hits level twenty, see, uh, method there's a really clever pick ban phase because they were playing the long game. They said we don't care that we're going to lose the first nineteen levels because level twenty, 
<laughs> I was going to come online. And we're going to win. She's going to get far flight quiver with Manticore. Garrosh is going to Gardel can peel's faces like a, like a big orange idiot. And we're, we're going to beast him. Like, And I saw it. Mopsio, health from 100%. He got 100% basically. Wow. Garrosh got 100%. And I was like, oh my god. Valor was actually useful. In yeah. This <laughs> yeah. So did they run a double support? Uh, no single support. Single support Valor. Yep, single support Valor. That is so dangerous. Uh, Malfurion. Uh, mm. Well, if it's going to be anybody, it might, it might have to be Malfurion. Yeah. And with the last game, Zealots, I was disappointed because they were going for the AoE blow up. Honestly, I thought Zealots were. Going to game five, I thought Zealots were going to win the series. Mm. Um, I thought it was going to be. The, I thought it was going to be the dream. Like just, you always do is, is win th- is win three series and yeah. then you're in the playoffs. Yeah, and they got to game five. Got to in game the last five series, and they finally fucking the first time in this entire playoffs they picked um, Phoenix, mm. and they lost. Oh wow, that is so crazy. Because yep. Phoenix is just really good. Um, I'm gonna put it out there. Phoenix sucks in EU. Phoenix. Oh really? <laughs> that's what I'm gonna say. That's my that's my hot take. All right. <laughs> I, I can I can't even think of the world where you're uttering the words Phoenix sucks. Yeah. Um, because he just doesn't though. Apparently he sucks in the year. Okay. I, I, I I can't. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I mean I'm I'm looking at this series and Phoenix lost both games he was in. Really? That doesn't make sense at all. No, it doesn't because he's just so strong. Like. Oh uh, yeah, but um, EU's lockdown is stronger. So mm. every every Phoenix game I've seen, they just lock him down. Like they just. They displace him out of something, or they actually, yeah. Game five, Tyrrell had had this really beastly play with the um with the blocking field. Phoenix started Platinum Cracker, and and Tyrrell just just blocked him out. Mm. So basically, just just shoved him over, and suddenly the Platinum Cracker was useless. Yeah, right. I think I think everyone's sort of learning how to counter the Phoenix though, um, because you just have to wait for him to use his E, and I think that's that's basically all that it is is that. Everyone was still in the idea of, oh, you know, I just stunlock this target and then they die. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially with like things like Valor, everyone yeah. everyone knows it. You know, if you just catch Valor with something, she's most likely going to die, and everyone really cares about the vault. Nope. But the thing about Phoenix is that he becomes like invulnerable when he vault, like you know, when he vaults. So yeah, um, yeah. Well, so you, so, so, so so just you just bait the E, or you or you damage him quick enough such that he dies. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Um, I think that you know using using the fact that he's going to e somewhere, um, and you know actually that um, that makes sense why Diablo is getting so strong because Phoenix will always skirt a wall to vault a wall, um, and what does Diablo want to do? He wants to charge you into a wall. Yep, absolutely. So so the, so that makes sense why um yeah. why why Mopsio is beginning such beastly plays in Diablo. <laughs> on Diablo. Yeah. I think a lot of people have. Um, in general man so mm. he's just he's just someone that's back in the meta yeah true mm. all right so i'm gonna watch the crucible uh this week and next week we've got the brawl is it next week is it next week i don't know I've, what's the schedule say yeah i'm not actually sure i'm not actually sure so it should be yeah the brawl should be uh actually the brawl should be next week but I'm not sure if there's a gap. We'll we'll find out. Yeah, we, we should know this. <laughs> there's plenty more. There's plenty more buds to watch. Yeah, I, 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 I'm really keen to watch the EU Crucible because 
I really want to see how leftovers are going to defend their position. Mm, yeah, very true. Although it's actually already happened, but I, I don't know because I haven't mm. watched it yet. No spoilers. Yep. Um, so speaking of the Crucible as well, we uh, had, you know, I have actually found where the VODs are. I've kept up with the times. <laughs> you young with the I know, in your VODs. I know, I know where to find things. I'm actually older than you, by the way. Yeah, well, um, so, <laughs> so, yeah, I found the NA Crucible uh, VODs because it was on it uh, disgusting in the morning. Um, yeah. So, uh, and I did manage to watch, um, to watch the series and... It was actually just a crazy series, guys. Yeah. It went all the way to Game 7. Game 7? That's a marathon. Mm. So these guys played all seven games. Uh, which one? Was it um, LFM? or? Yeah, it was LFM versus XD. Yep. And it was just it was just crazy. It was just a, a beautiful, beautiful series to watch. So as someone who doesn't watch NA, because NA sucks, mm-hmm. um, who... <coughs> who was coming into the league and and, and who was uh, defending the Oh, so LFM Esports were the ones that were in the HGC. Yep. Um, and XD were the ones that were trying to come up from the open division. Okay, cool. Um, actually, it might even... I think it stopped at Game 6, sorry. I don't think they went all the way to Game 7. Really? Yeah, I think so. Um, but the one thing that I can get from this, and, uh, and Christian, I think you'll be pretty happy, is that... Mm. Man, Drated, the best Genji player I have ever seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, I think I think everybody should go and watch uh, should go and watch these series because they did they just didn't ban uh, Genji. Um, yeah, so XD just didn't ban Genji at all. And for the first three games, or even the first four games, um, Drated just got Genji every single time. And just never died, and he was stri- swift striking everywhere like a boss, and um, you know he took X strike and used it effectively, um, getting a whole bunch of resets, and just was able to pretty much destroy them. Like, and uh, one of the casters, I think it was Kala, I'm pretty sure who was yeah. casting. He just said, "Why, why are they giving this guy Genji? You need to ban it. You just need to <laughs> like." And I it's crazy, yeah, man. It it was a spectacle to behold, and. In particular, the Battlefield of Eternity, which I believe was Game Two, is one that is one that everybody should watch just to just to really watch um, how how Genji can play and just like you know the balls on this guy they would they just yeah massive balls to just be behind the entire enemy team and and not be and not be phased and just poking them. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was something beautiful to so see. So you're saying Dreaded should definitely see his doctor about the giant balls he has? I definitely think he I think he should. <laughs> also concerned. also the fact that they're metallic and you know and whatnot. Cybernetically enhanced. Yeah. <laughs> yes, cybernetically enhanced. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was something that really stuck out for me. Um as far as some of their picks goes, they weren't really picking anything um that was that was particularly interesting. It was a lot of the meta picks like we've been talking about before. Um, but the one thing that did stand out is that Li Ming was played in multiple games. Um, was Garrosh pick banned? Uh, yeah, Garrosh was a lot, was a, was in most games, um, as well as Mediv. Although Mediv was getting through a lot more in the pick bans for this particular series. Yeah. Um, so we did see a lot of Mediv, but there was a lot of there was a lot of Li Ming going around, even though they had a Mediv on the enemy team. Um, and I'm not really sure why. So on the first one, it was Battlefield of Eternity, which is one of the maps that she's pretty strong on. 
Um, was Medivh picked into Leeming? Uh, no, Medivh was locked in first, so Leeming was picked into Medivh. No, that is interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Um, she's pretty good on the race for the Immortal uh, on Battlefield, so that you, so yeah. that makes sense. Well, she's good because she can't get shot out, right? Yeah, because she can poke the Immortal, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but even on other maps like Volskaya, for example, ones that mm-hmm. she shouldn't really be good on, she was re- she was being picked on both sides actually. So that's another one that's sort of coming back in, and I thought we saw the last of her. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, she's. She's effectively a moderate mobility mage with, um, you know, good good long range blow up. But mm. yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like the dive is really strong with Genji Maev being in the meta, and I mean, hell, even Falstad does mm. does Leaming's job. Yeah, very true. Very true. If he does do the if he does do the hammering build. Um, yeah, and she's normally very, very telegraphed, and I think she was like the quick match, like pub stomper type of, um, type of hero. Don't like, get me wrong, she's great. Yeah, like, like I, I love Lee Ming. Yeah, if you play quick match, like you think, you know, like you think you think you're a god, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just love against the the quick match heroes. You just send an orb out, and you just watch them glide into the orb. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. man. Nice skill. Yep, yep. I know. It's it's pretty good. So orbs are collectibles. So <laughs> yeah, that was that was one of the interesting picks that I saw. Um and it was really the Genji play that really that really caught my eye. There wasn't really too much uh interesting that was going on. Um but there were some very, very interesting and quite often one sided games. So uh, if you want to go, if you want to go watch these, they won't take you very long um, because a lot of the time they were quite one-sided. But they were stopping uh, each other, right? Because they said it went to game six. Yeah, um, they were they were having a good time of it with each other. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, and you really did get to see um, XD come back quite a bit. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, and just you know, see like the the wealth of um, of talent that's that's over there in uh, in North America. Hmm. so it was it was, it was really good to see <laughs> we'll see there's a there's a there's a brawl coming bro yeah, there's a brawl coming yeah i'm, I'm, we'll, I'm, we'll, I'm on side of you uh-huh yep i, I mean i'm on side na method i can represent the right the rivalry continues yeah the rivalry continues which side are you on christian by the way if you had to pick there's no pressure at all Probably method. Probably method. <laughs> oh. yeah yeah oh. you're just gonna like that methodology then yeah <laughs> coming at you right. live <laughs> whatever from your mum i suppose i suppose i can i can see why i can see why and it's like usually not very good but i i hold that in hope um all right so let's move on to one of our last little esports segments uh christian was there anything happening in the overwatch league Yes, actually. Well, um, Boston Uprising have continued their uh, undefeated win streak um, throughout this particular stage. Oh my god! Um, which is unsurprising. They're yeah, they're they're pretty dominant. How long like, is the, it the now? games like that I watched? Games? Uh, ten, games. ten games. So, ten games for this stage, um, undefeated, which is you know, pretty impressive. Um, but but seeing the quality of their play, it, it makes sense. Yeah, they just seem to have their their teamwork and. and strategy down path so what's the what's the, what's um, the secret sauce secret sauce mm. um i think it's a 
the mechanical skill is just way up there. But I think it just comes down to their communication and shot calling. Mm -hmm. um, just seems far superior to most of the other um, teams at the moment. Uh, and they seem to just be able to capitalize on the mistakes of their opponents a lot better. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking at the moment it'll be a, a Boston-New York final. Mm, right, right. Um, so yeah, that, that should be interesting. Two really, really good teams. Um, I think it could go either way at this stage. I think New York's only a league standings. They're, they're ahead of Boston, but uh, this particular stage, they're, they're just underneath. Yeah, well, um, you can't get better than undefeated, right? <laughs> yeah, that was before Boston went undefeated no. 10 games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. In saying that, I do think um, the Valiant and Gladiators have a shot. Um, okay. If they continue to play well and do well the remainder of this stage and then in stage four, um, yeah, I think they've definitely got a shot to, to get to the top as well. Yeah, cool, cool. Do you think Blizzard will consider giving uh, somebody else map hacks to try and take down Boston? Or? <laughs> um, if they were unethical, yeah, uh, they, they could probably do so. And if match fixing is a thing. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm saying uh, in the interest of a fair game, I'm, I'm not saying, because <laughs> clearly Boston has map hacks in their head, so. Mm. <laughs> yeah, probably. With the, with the way that they play. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Saying that, I was very impressed um, with the the Soul Dynasty and London Spitfire match, which is my match of the week. Yeah. Um, so two very um, evenly matched teams, um, excellent set of set of games. So went to a tiebreaker. Yeah. Oh, really? Wasn't sure which way it was going to go. Yeah. Nice. So in the end, London Spitfire managed to um, to just eke out the victory. Uh, but yeah, it was it was great actually to see. I guess they're mixing up a little bit more. It's interesting with um, with the Korean team in particular. They'll bring out some some picks that you you wouldn't expect. So I saw a, um, a Doomfist in there in one of the games. I think it was on Ilios and then the Farrer and the Doomfist Sombra on as well on Junkertown. Yeah, briefly. So, so um, well, well, but yeah, it was it was good to see. What well, what was the strat? Like were they were they just messing with them or what? <laughs> Possibly. I think it was also just to get to the point. Um, in time yeah well, oh, but exactly. um yeah yeah doomfist is also really good in tight spaces and the point on ilios is um is pretty is pretty small so you can get a lot of value in those areas i yeah, think sure. insane in that it'd be good to see the meta shake up a little bit uh i think the the dive the dive meta even though it's exciting to watch it, it's getting a bit stale so it'd be good to see yeah. what happens when brigida finally gets brought in and um how the meta sort of evolves from there yeah, man, because we definitely talk about the battling seizure robots cam, uh, and that's like when they just decide, oh, we want to see what what happens when Genji Dragon Blades, and it's fun for the first time, but then it's just not. Or when Winston's inside a bubble and he's got the particle cannon going off, and uh, yeah. you know, all you can see is that the lightning going on. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, no, all, the, that's the, always annoying. There's two things you can see consistently on the screen. One is the kill feed, and the other thing is just. The monitor going, you know, red, white, red, white, red, white. <laughs> abilities are going off. You're like, who cares about the monitor? The kill feeds what I'm watching. It's like kill, 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 kill. It's like, holy crap. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what is this game? <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely be um, interested in the meta shakeup. I think, um, I think it will be good. And it'll be interesting to see the pros take on some other, some other picks. Like, you know, like you were saying, as as much fun and, and, and exciting it is to see um, 
to see Tracer Genji every single game on attack, it, it does get a bit stale. So it'd be really good to see some like some fresh, you know, some fresh picks and some interesting strategies. Yeah, well, there are some some counters to, to the Brigitte comp, mm. so they could bring out more Junkrat, who has also been recently nerfed, but, you know, still powerful. Mm. Um, and possibly more Farah and Reaper, even. Um, yeah, nice. I think they're probably in a good spot to, to counter some of the Brigitte play. Yeah, Reaper would be interesting. Reaper would be very interesting. I would be interested to see some Reaper play. How do you think the Hanzo changes are going to affect um, the, esports, the esports scene? I think it will actually be adopted into some of the comps. Um, like I said before, in regards to um, him basically working in McCree's role, hmm. um, I, I think that, that that's where he'll fit in to the to the evolving meta. Um, you know, where pro teams would previously take the McCree um, to act as you know your your midline damage dealer and also anti flanker, they'll start taking the Hanzo instead just because of that increased mobility and also the um, uh, the ability to zone a little bit more effectively with his ultimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right. That would be pretty awesome to see as a as a Hanzo player. I uh, <laughs> I really I really want to see him being played, you know, because it's all well and good to like to watch esports and then you know to to go to go and play at home, and you really just want to play what you see in the pros play. And when it's nothing but, you know, like, you know, Winston, Diva, Tracer, Genji, um, Mercy, Zenyatta, um, it gets a bit, you know, it, you don't get very excited about, about watching it and then going and playing it at home. But when you when you see, you know, all these different picks, like, you might see, you know, you might see McCree's every now and again and even um, Call of Duty's. Um, but I think it would be much like, you know, mm. I think much funner for me as a player at home to, like, to know that what I'm playing is is viable in a competitive scene, you know, mm. and not getting flamed by you know yeah. other players yeah, because no, like, what you're playing isn't meta. Yep, yeah. yep. What are you doing? Yeah, there was one guy who was banned for playing playing Torbjorn too much. There was someone got banned for it. Um, I don't I don't know if he got a suspension or a ban, but it was it was something like that. He he, he just played Torbjorn every game, and it didn't matter what the or what his allies said. Mm-hmm. His allies would say, you know, play play someone else. We don't want to sit and play Torbjorn. And he's like, no, I won't play Torbjorn. <laughs> I don't. Okay, I have issues with that. If he got banned for it, I'll I'll, I'll look up the story and show it to you. That yeah, it, it, some moderator action happened because he he wouldn't play anything other than Torbjorn. Yeah, I feel that that's unnecessary. I don't know. What do you think, Christian? I feel that's that's actually quite bullshit. Well, I think it it sort of balances the the needs of the player, the individual player, and then the needs of the team. So, you know, being someone who has bought the game and they really enjoy Torbjorn, then I guess they do have a right to play the character they want to play when they want to play it. Mm-hmm. But in saying that, it is a team-based environment, especially in a competitive game. You know, there has to be some give and take when it comes to a team composition and um, the, the desires of the, the group over the desires of the individual. So I think you go either way. I will say that... Being like, banned, I think, is probably a little bit harsh, but, you know... Mm. Well, well, at the moment, this is fake news because I don't have the, I don't have the article. Yeah, sure. Because so it might be more complicated. Like, maybe he was rude when he said, I want to play Torbjorn. Yeah, possibly. I um, mean... Possibly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Is this something that came to my head? Yeah, sure. Um, is, is this something I read recently? Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. I just... Man, if that, if that happened, I... I yeah... The uh, the inner customer inside me, you know, would 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 just go off. You're you're already finding the A triple C. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doing the number immediately. 
All right. Um, so, Christian, uh, from watching some of the Overwatch, did you have anything um, that we can sort of take into our games at home? Esports at home. Well, I think the, the main thing that I've learned and tried to apply in my games uh, over this last week has been positioning. Mm. So, um, I've been playing a lot of Tracer and watching the pros play Tracer in the um, Overwatch League. I've been trying to adapt, you know, um, where they're positioning themselves at all times on each map. Um, and then also the timing of when to go in, how long to go in, and then when to, to get out of dodge. Um, so I think that's that's definitely something that I've been thinking about. Um, mm. The main thing I've taken away from it is where you should be in relation to your tanks. So um, this coming from Zenyatta play, actually. Um, so watching Zenyatta quite a bit and playing Zenyatta. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just making sure that I'm always behind the tanks and having like a wall or something to, to protect my flanks and mm. making sure that I have the protection there from the flankers as well. Uh, I, I guess that's the main thing, just, just the positioning. And I think if you watch enough pro games, you can start to absorb some of that um, into your own gameplay. Yeah, right. And obviously it changes depending on the, like each game state. So there's always a big, it depends. Um, but yeah, I think that is something that we can take into our games is that, and that's something that I find is some of my biggest mistakes when I was playing and what I felt I was getting better at is, is the positioning. Um, I never really, I I did, I did see it from when I was watching, um, the Overwatch League in that, you know, it just seemed that everybody was, was doing, you know, was having correct positioning. Um, the one that I found the most was, and what helped me playing Genji a lot was the fact that I just should just go in. You know, I just should be in the back lines at, you know, when I, when I need to, you know, and I think that was sort of like this eye opening moment. Yeah. But in saying that, it's also when to actually dive in, use that ultimate and get the kills. Mm. So you don't want to just do it when, you know, they're, they're still at full health and, Mm. um, you know, your, your, your ultimate's not really going to do anything, but comboing it with a, with another ultimate, like a, um, a Zarya ultimate or, or something like that makes a big difference. Mm. It, make, it makes it a lot more successful a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that is something that I can um, that I can get at home. Yeah, cool, man. Joey, did you have anything to add to our esports at home? Valor still works. Valor still works. Valor still works. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's my main thing. Like, if Actually, one thing I did think was why did Zealots pick phoenix in game five this was i was wondering this watching game five the whole way through it's like why did zealous pick the phoenix they've never played phoenix you know they've never they've never been successful in phoenix they've shut down phoenix over and over again but game five suddenly now the strategy revolves around phoenix like what the hell's going on now obviously game five has a lot of stress in it and it's one you really want to win and especially zealous they're doing the dream run thing so i'm like why like what's going on here psychologically and i think one of the main things is is when you're on a losing streak or when you're in a when you're in a game that you think is important for you like it's a it's a promo game or you're about to get uh shoved down a shoved down a league and you, you just you need this one that's not an excuse to play meta just because it's meta mm-hmm. see i think zealots really wanted to win this game and and i think that they looked at the stats and said phoenix wins games i'm gonna play phoenix and that's why they decided all right this game we're, we're gonna pull the phoenix out mm-hmm. if you if you know the movie rocky four um sorry maybe it's rocky three 
he pretends he's right-handed for for, for most of the fight, and then he he switches to the left hand. Over, ah, oh, dude, I don't even I don't remember. It's Rocky Two or Rocky Four. I, I forget yeah. which one. Okay, it's one of them. Yeah. But I reckon they were screaming Phoenix for ages, and they're like, "All right, last game, we're we're going to pull out the Phoenix, and we're going to show them what we can do with Phoenix," and they lost. Yeah, right. So I think it must have been the you know just their mentality around it. Anyway. Yeah. So I think for esports at home, for me, I'm going to say. It's not necessarily don't pick Phoenix. <laughs> I'm not, not going to tell you not to pick Phoenix. He's a great yeah. champion. Like, and he's really strong. But if it's a game that's really important to you, uh, first, always remember you can walk away from the keyboard. Like, if if the game is stressing you out, don't feel stressed. Just just take a break because you 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 win more games if you're relaxed. Mm. But the second one is that that's not a reason to pick the quote unquote strongest champion. Um, you should always pick the champion that you're comfortable on because that's what's actually going to win you games. It's not the it's not the flavor of the month. And again, just because you have a Ragnaros in your team doesn't mean you're going to like insta win the game. Mm, definitely, and I would definitely back this up in saying um, I'm a big advocate for playing what you enjoy. So when it comes to all these games, it doesn't really matter. Where it's it's really um, you know when you're playing Overwatch, when you're playing Heroes, is that you're going to just play better if you're really invested in that in that particular hero you know that i think i you know like when i play hanzo i'm i you know i feel like i'm this like japanese guy who's like shooting arrows and it's awesome um <laughs> and you know and then i like scream some japanese at people and then these like fucking dragons go everywhere and i'm like yeah this is the best <laughs> fucking anime time yeah and i just i i think i think it's really important to to play to have something that you like and, and just play with it especially in those times where um, where you have these primaries is that you want to be on someone that you're comfortable with and that you really enjoy playing. So yeah, I think that is a really good lesson um, for anybody that's um, for anybody that is playing some um, heroes or uh, heroes or esports at home is um, yeah, play play what you like, you know. And if this encourages you to play TLV because you're a TLV main, then go for it. <laughs> play more TLV. We do not- or if you do want to take um, if you do want to take Torbjorn from bronze to grandmaster, yeah, go for it. Yeah, why not? Yeah, absolutely. Just play Torbjorn. You know, if you get banned, blame someone. You know, I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but you can play Hopefully the same person. Hopefully, that's Hopefully fake news. it's fake news. But yeah, just play the same thing over and over again. Um, if you want to, if you want to. I mean, I don't do that because I'm I'm really hard to please when it comes to <laughs> playing things. So you play something different every freaking time. I think I do. Good. I think I do. Um. Anyway, so that just uh, wraps it up for some esports at home. Now it's time for some crypto talk. Yeah, Joey. Uh, is there anything uh, happening in crypto land? Man, there's always shit happening in crypto land. <laughs> always. Okay. Always. I'll just, just assume that there's things happening. Yeah, but you should always assume that things are happening in crypto land. So, um, the biggest thing in crypto at the moment is there is a new contender on the map. There's a new player in the game as it were when it comes to blockchain as a database oh really yep so blockchain as a database it's essentially a data storage methodology where you record every transaction that happens Mm -hmm. and this makes it really good for say a currency exchange because you want to know every transaction that happens what order they happen like i can't give you money before i get money that's impossible Mm, right right um, and with relation to SQL, 
a SQL will only will only represent what happens after all the transactions have resolved. So mm -hmm. your end result in SQL is there was a user who joined and this is his name, etc., etc., etc. And now we have another one called mm -hmm. Holochain. 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 Okay. So yeah, these guys they've been working since March last year and they've just done their first funding round this week mm -hmm. uh, so they've done an ico and they're sort of new in the space people aren't really sure and i'm not really sure if these guys are actually legitimate with their sort of business strategy or whatever yeah right but it, well it might have holes in it if it's called <laughs> <laughs> You're right. exactly that's what i'd be worried about um, so the, the holo stands for holographic, and the idea is that you can split a holochain in half and you'll get two valid holochains. Oh, okay. And the way you do this is basically what they're saying is it doesn't matter what order things happen in. What matters is that the people involved in the transaction agree and then they send their transaction off to a centralized, not centralized, um, a, what's called a distributed hash tree like like a central place where the ledger the actual ledger is stored mm. and that is replicated across all the nodes blah 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 so the reason this is different to blockchain is because there's sort of miniature blockchains coming off it where two people can have their own little sort of transactional space and this solves a lot of problems especially regarding uh, privacy so one of the main issues with blockchain is everybody can see every transaction mm -hmm. but with holochain only two people need to know about the transaction and then the transaction gets verified with the, the larger dhd so so that's come out and it's pretty interesting they've reached all their funding goals oh um, really nice and i've looked at their tech i've looked on github and i've i've downloaded the go client and it does something. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what it's doing. I'm not sure what it is, but it's just, it's doing things. But it, it is interesting because it um it comes out uh, it challenges sort of the blockchain as a database model, and blockchain as a database has a lot of problems. In particular, data replication around all of all of the different nodes. Maybe you don't want to replicate the entire blockchain just to send somebody five cents. Mm, yeah, very true. But with Holochain, I can send somebody five cents and then I can just pass it to somebody else who has replicated the whole blockchain. Mm, right, right. Um, and it's also very good for uh, voting systems. Um, so people can vote on something and then they send their vote off to the Holochain. Mm -hmm. And it's good for um, uh, chat apps. So we can have a conversation in our little chat app and nobody else needs to know about it. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah, you can send off your information. I get mm. it. I see. So, so what you're saying is, is that you know, in future elections, we might uh, might be using Holochain. Oh well, people have talked about using blockchain in elections, like so some sort of blockchain system. Yeah, right. Um, everyone's not sure which which blockchain is sort of the better way, but it's probably one of the privacy ones. Mm, yeah, for sure. Because I know I would definitely swing around on the whole compulsory compulsory voting bullshit we have in this country. Um, if it was, you know, easier and I didn't have to go to an, like a physical location. Yeah. Well, I mean, what if you just had to spend like five gas and sort of the government says, all right, everybody gets this much Ethereum mm -hmm. 
and then but but then you have to use ethereum to vote like it's you know yeah yeah sure. it's actually free because you're given it by the government mm-hmm. but but all, then all you do is you you log on to some website and decide who's voting and the auditor of the election can see who voted what and they can count all the votes automatically yeah right and we're sure that every single every single citizen got only one vote and things like mm, that yeah uh, is there a problem though with um privacy seeing as you know who made the transaction uh no not necessarily because there are because you what you can do is you can double encrypt the block and you can encrypt the block based on some this is some block in the past mm-hmm. and so what you get is you get a private view key which only you know so only you can see yours yeah okay. no they can see theirs Mm-hmm. And so nobody knows which data came from where, mm-hmm. but um, you do get the you, like you get the grand total. Yeah, of, sure. Of, of votes. Of votes. Yeah, you, you get the grand total of votes, mm-hmm. but only you can see who um, who you voted for, and mm-hmm. you can't see who anybody else voted for. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it it would be good. It'd be good if it works in that in that way. Yeah, it, uh, this is possible with the Monero protocol. That's what I'm describing at the moment. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, definitely something interesting. Oh, uh, the other thing, the, the, the other thing before I move on crypto talk is, Minds.com is a social network, where one of the problems with social networks is you have to monetize your content. Like you're making uh, artwork or blogs or whatever, and you want to say this is worth money, your views. Are giving mines money so i want a piece of that um and the youtube system is the number of ads that you show your um your viewers mm-hmm. is proportionate to the amount of money you get and that's called ad sets mm-hmm. now what mines have done is they've partnered up with ethereum to give people uh tokens or what they're calling tokens for every uh 1, views i think it is oh okay yeah so you, if you get a thousand views in your blog post you you get a certain amount of ethereum yeah right right and it's just a, a new way to decentralize um, monetization of social media network. Because this is actually people's jobs now. Like, like there are people who are just social media creators and they just make stuff on social media. Yeah, yeah. And, and they need to monetize their content. So, so cryptocurrency and minds.com is providing a potential solution for that. Yeah, absolutely. And we saw the makings of it when... Um, when Twitch, when Twitch streamers would get money from people in the form of their gem currency or their special currency. Yeah. Yeah, so it could be just as easy um, changed yeah. into a cryptocurrency that they can get paid with. Well, see, all, yeah. all Twitch has to do is they, they turn gems, they put gems onto the blockchain, whatever well, whatever Twitch uses. I, I don't use Twitch because mm-hmm. you, you're a whippersnapper and I'm a granddad. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they just put gems onto their own private blockchain and then they, they, have, a, they have a contract with Ethereum where they can just pass... So convert gems into Ethereum whenever they need to. Mm-hmm. That's one of the ways you can use cryptocurrency, and then and then people put money into the system and they buy gems with their credit card, but they're actually buying you know some some form of Ethereum. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Hmm. Sounds like an exciting feature for cryptocurrency. It's a really exciting feature for cryptocurrency. <laughs> All right. So at the end of that, that brings us to the end of our show. Um, reminder to everybody, if you want to contact us, we do have an email address. It's chilledpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and we're also on Twitter, chilledpodcast at chilledcast. Um, Joey, where can, oh, actually as well is that all of the episodes that we do can be found, like Joey mentioned at the start, over at jhra.com slash chilled. Yep. 
Um, there are also two aliases of that, jhradercom slash chilled, jhradercom slash chilled cast, and jhradercom slash chilled esports. They all take you to the same place. <laughs> oh, excellent. Excellent. Very good. Um, so, and that's where people can find everything about you, Joey? Yep. So uh, you can find the body of my work at jhradercom. I'm currently managing it as the webmaster. Um, <laughs> the splash page is so ridiculous. Um, at jhradercom slash chilled, you'll find fan art that I like, and I'm just going to feature it and put it up. At the moment, we have Diva Shooting Pixels by Liang Shang. Liang Shing, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find every episode that we put up, put up here, also on iTunes. And I'm also going to eventually start blogging and databasing Excellent. so that I can serve you dynamic content. <laughs> Excellent, Joey. Uh, as for me, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Ovaltine Gene, so you can tweet me if you want to ask us anything as well. Um, we will be putting out some announcements um, about content and about recordings over on our Twitter, so make sure to check that out. Give us a follow. And that just wraps it up for this show. So I'd like to uh, just say a big thank you to Joey and Christian. Thanks for being here with me today, guys. No problem, man. Yep, thanks, man. Yep, and I will see you everybody later. Stay easy, stay breezy, dudes. Later, Zol. Yep, take care, everybody.